1: and welcome to our November 2nd edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Let's take a moment to pray, and let's especially pray for those people who are about to get hit by the next hurricane, um, oh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, And uh, Ada, anyway, uh, it looks like a monster, um, I am about to hit Honduras in Central America. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I pray for the people in Central America that they be able to find shelter before the storm ravages them. I pray that uh, the aid that they need is already there um, and that we will be able to help these people. I pray that they will be kept safe. And I pray in Thanksgiving that Hurricane Hurricane Zeta that we just had uh, really uh, uh, did not cause as much damage as it could have caused. Keep praying for the people, especially in our soccer community and the Lake Charles area as they're still dealing with the In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 2020, (laughs) y'all. I mean, 2020 is just, what a year. Okay? Um, And it's not over. It's not over. My, my, my. Okay, look. I want to thank everybody who listened to our last show this is an extremely large audience, and uh, I want to thank Nick again for uh, being a, uh, being our guest. Try to explain the rules today. We have another treat for you. We got Michael Federico, who is the guy who's in charge of soccer on the LHSAA executive board, and uh, he's going to go over basically eligibility rules because I think there's a whole lot of confusion, especially with junior high, as to what you can do and what you can't do. Okay, and. uh And it's better instead of just hearing it from me, it's better to hear it from the horse's mouth. And I tell you what, there's some things I agree with. There's some things I'm really disappointed with. And, uh, uh, and I guess I'll talk about that a little bit later. I want to thank our sponsor right now, though, Club Soccer, who, um, at a drop of a hat, they can get you what you need. Uh, they really do a good job, um, and uh, and I appreciate their support for our show and for everything they do for soccer. Um, and you can find them anywhere on the internet, but just typing in Club Soccer. And also, uh, they're located right across the street from Laughing Air Park, a place that we all know well. So uh, give Club Soccer a chance to earn your business. Uh, you won't regret it. And let them know that you heard. I sent you. Okay, we're going to stop in a minute. We're going to talk to Mr. Federico on Monday Night Football, You voice of youth soccer. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Coach DeRitter, and I'm really blessed to have Michael Federico. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes, you are. Okay, uh, on the line with us, so we can talk about really eligibility issues that are always confusing to most of us out there, and uh, but are are very necessary to obey. Welcome to the show, Mr. Federico.
0: Thank
1: you very much, man. Okay, so let's let's just start from the start. Okay, um, uh, if a if a new person, comes to your school, your high school, okay, how can they, like, are they eligible immediately if it is the school with their first choice?
0: They should be, yes. Uh, So, when it comes to eligibility, there are certainly a lot of different uh, criteria and scenarios that can occur, Uh, the recommendations that I would give any incoming student and coach, would be to consult with the athletic director and administrator, who has direct contact with the LHSAA, and they can ask us specific questions, they can do ruling requests immediately through the system, and then we can give them an answer as the student's eligibility.
1: Okay, but if that student is a ninth grader and they live in the, in the school district of, that, of the school they attend, they should be good to go, right?
0: They should be, yes, to your original statement of the first school of choice. Yes, yes. first school of choice. Yeah, yes. right. they should be,
1: helpful. Okay, explain to everybody the rationale why, if a kid transfers, he's got to sit out a year or she's got to. Well, you know,
0: that's transferring eligibility is a very hot topic amongst all schools. Um, you know, certainly it comes down to you know, fair and equitable competition amongst the schools, and, you know, we, we unfortunately have, rules in place that prevent students from, you know, hopping around from school A to school B to school C in certain cases throughout the same school year just to try to land somewhere to play athletics. Um, so, unfortunately, you know, we got to keep those rules in place to try to keep the, the balance in place for all sports, both, you know, boys, girls, and, you know, and all the 27 championship events that we have.
1: Excellent. Okay, now I'm getting a lot of questions from the audience about – There's some clubs that are determining they still want to play some club soccer till the middle of November. Okay, Uh, I've been telling my kids they cannot do that and participate with me in high school. Okay, could you explain to them, to the audience, why that rule exists? Uh, And and what's the difference between club soccer and ODP? Well, so we we have
0: that rule in place to really protect our member schools and protect the integrity of their seasons. And not lose players mid-season, whether it be the injury or just opting out to go play for a club team of that nature. Um, but you guess to your point. Now that we have started our season, which first practice was last Monday, October 26th, uh, you if you are a registered athlete at one of our member schools and participating at the junior varsity or varsity level, you cannot have participation with a club team right now in any way, shape, or form. The only uh, situation that is available for you to do so is if it is considered. We have these in our handbook that any administrator, athletic director, or coach is welcome to go in and read. Uh, we do have certain restrictions for soccer players, excuse me, participate in Olympic development programs uh, that are sanctioned by LSA as well as, uh, US soccer, youth soccer, national or regional leagues, or soccer college showcases that are sanctioned by US soccer. Um, but the key point for all of those is that all those training sessions for those approved events cannot take place on school days. They have to take place on the weekend. Um, but like I said, we use that to kind of protect the integrity of our LHSA and school seasons, uh, while our understanding that since we do have winter soccer, you know, which is different than some of the other states around our region. We have these rules in place that allow them to go to these events to train and to also be a part of these college showcase events to be seen by some of our
1: college coaches. And I appreciate that. The cooperation between the soccer coaches and the LHSAA, it's, to me, it's I don't know if any other sport does it better than we do. We've really had a great relationship with you all, and that's one of the examples. You know, uh, Could you let people know who are going to toy with that rule? What could happen to them? What could be their penalty? Are they more ineligible for the entire duration? Well, if if they if they decide to let their kid play, there's a lot of club coaches who are listening, and they're going to probably practice their kids on their high school team and still take them to to these events and practice them like double during the week. What happens if they're caught? If, if
0: they are submitted by a member school principal, and upon investigation, and we find out that that player has participated in a non-sanctioned uh, outside, of, outside of the LHSA member season event. That player can be ruled ineligible for the duration of one calendar year and forfeiture of ball games could occur as well. So if there's any question, of which I've gotten quite a few because due to COVID, you know, a lot of these select tournaments and a lot of the college showcase tournaments had to be delayed and they couldn't take place during September and October as they may have in previous years. Now, reach out, ask what is okay, what is not okay, and we'll be more than happy to walk them through that process. The last thing we want is to rule a player ineligible and potentially risk forfeiture uh, of games, things of that nature. Um, but yes, there are some severe penalties in place if that is found to be a true violation.
1: All right. Another question now. Uh, there's been a movement afoot to reestablish our junior high league. We used to have a really good one in the 1990s. And junior high, we're at ninth grade and anybody younger. And so because some schools have seventh grade, some schools just have ninth grade. Uh, and so To get them all playing together, you know, we actually played for our own Southeast Louisiana Junior High Soccer Cup, uh, uh, which I don't know many of you guys in Baton Rouge, if y'all knew that that was going on. It was a lot of fun. We'd have playoffs and uh, uh, like a Final Four and all. But anyway, uh, the way the rules stay right now, um, it seems to me that if you are a school that has seventh and eighth graders, there's no way you could participate in a league like that with LHSAA schools. Could you explain that?
0: Well, that, that's kind of half through, half not. So here's where, here's where the LFSA comes. We have 403 member schools of which athletes within seventh and eighth grade are eligible to participate at the junior varsity or varsity levels as long as the principal oversees that student. So by that, I mean, it has to be the same principal over the grades seven through 12 or eight through 12. If it is a different principle that governs middle school, then those athletes are not able to participate at that junior varsity or varsity level.
1: Okay, and so for the larger schools, it's not an issue. For the very, really small schools, it's not an issue. They're just going to go play eighth grade, you know. Um, but in the schools that are in the middle, like like mine, De La Salle, we're kind of like a 3A type school. Uh, we don't have enough ninth graders to field a team. We don't have enough eighth graders to field a team, but you combine them, there's a team there. Um, but according to the rules, really, there's no way we can form a team like that because there's nobody legal we can play, right? Because if I play an LHSA school, I'll be playing with non-registered members. And if I go play down, I'm playing, you know, uh, a team that's not registered with LHSA whatsoever. So, so um, anyhow, in a way, I kind of, kind of disappointed about that, but that's just how it's going to have to roll.
0: Right. So what you would be able to do your seventh and eighth grade you'd be able to go participate against other junior high schools within, within your area or within other junior high member school athletes. Um uh, your ninth graders would not be able to play down on an eighth grade squad. They would have to remain against registered LHS member schools, um, whether
1: it be a ninth grade team, university team, or a varsity squad. Yeah, and so per the conversation, so if I went to go play a Division I, uh ninth grade team with my ninth and eighth graders, I'd be breaking the rules.
0: That's correct because technically your eighth graders are under the
1: jurisdiction of a different principal at De La Salle, and yes, those students would not be able to participate and be registered in the Okay, and in my case, um, I guess so. Now I'm being selfish here, talking just about De La Salle. I try not to do that on the show, but in my case, we only have one principal, and we're eight through twelve, and uh, but we don't register our eighth graders for for other purposes uh, for eligibility. So. Um, in this situation, I still cannot play. Correct?
0: That is correct. That would be, and that is the local school or school district's decision if they would like to use 8th, 7th, and 8th graders towards participation. Um, the, the piece of that is it also does count towards your enrollment. So that's where including those students can you know, skew your enrollment figures up. And maybe pushing a different classification, so that is a side level decision made
1: by the administration. Has anybody maybe made a proposal to not have eighth graders, uh, except for the athletes themselves that are playing, uh, count towards against your eligibility? Not to my knowledge. No. Okay. Okay. All right. So, all right. So we've covered covered all those bases. Is there anything you'd like to tell the uh, the coaches and players and parents that are listening right now about soccer?
0: Just that, you know, we here in Baton Rouge are excited about the season to come. Uh, I know all the coaches and athletes have been anxiously waiting. You know, uh, we had our first practice set for October 26 last week. We had our first contest coming on November 16th. Uh, we certainly know that this season is not going to be a, a over one. We're definitely expecting some, uh, some hurdles to happen for us, but. We're very excited, we're very confident in seeing how football, volleyball, swimming and cross country programs have worked through their fall seasons. We're very confident that the soccer community is gonna be able to do the same as we move forward this year and just that we're excited, we're eager. And uh, despite the, the COVID-19 that we're dealing with, we're, we're definitely anxious for a, a soccer program, a season start and look forward to our championships in February.
1: Well, I really appreciate y'all taking the time. My experience with with this latest administration, LHSA, is whenever we call, you pick up the phone, and uh, it wasn't always that way. So uh, we greatly appreciate uh, you being on the show tonight and also just being there whenever we call. Um, We don't take y'all for granted, okay? Thank you
0: very much. And you hit the nail on the head right there is that, you know, we are very eager to help. Thanks for one now, call. I know I said this on the last time you had me on the show. Yes, right. We're, we're here to answer questions I'd rather you ask on on the on the front end as opposed to having to ask on the back end that hey, and, and report yourself if you did something you know, in violation uh, we're more than happy to, to prevent that from happening but whatever so definitely reach out, we're here to help
1: okay, and how can they get in touch with you?
0: so uh, you can uh, reach me here at the office uh, telephone number 225 300 4204, also by email at beyondthegame at lhsaa.org is our general address. So any questions, I'm more than happy to answer that one.
1: Thank you so much for your time again, and may God bless you and your family. All right, everybody, here's some of my final thoughts about Mr. Federico. Uh, I already told, said it to him. I like to talk to people in front of them it's the same way I would talk about him behind their backs, you know. And uh, and I'm really just appreciative of of um, him and his leadership. Uh, I was kind of afraid we had a change uh, with soccer that we would lose the kind of um, respect we had with the LHSA, and it's actually... Um, it, it did not happen. It's very, very good that um, we have their ear. I'm very disappointed with the junior high rule. I mean, I, I was gearing up to having a junior high league and um, and getting my eighth and ninth graders on the field. And now I don't even know if I can field a junior high team and uh, if, if those rules are going to be enforced. So uh, you better make sure if you have eighth graders, whether or not your school counts them as LHSA participants, <clears throat> like mine does not. So therefore, they can't play. Um, and it used to be junior high was not sanctioned by LHSA, and now the ninth grade is. Okay, so um, I'm hoping that those days will end. I understand why they exist, especially in this lawsuit, happy culture that we have. But I think it's going to make at least for my junior high kids, make the year miserable because I don't have enough ninth graders to make a ninth purely ninth grade team. All you division one schools, you should have enough ninth graders and you should go on as usual. But for all of us in the, in the 3A domain and lower, it's going to be really hard for us to put our kids on a field on junior high. And I really do believe that junior high is a very, very effective way to develop your, your team. And any of you uh, here who can have a junior high team and is not fielding one, shame on you. It's your opportunity to teach your future, your system, and to get them uh, acclimated to to uh, your way of doing things, and they're just going to sit on the bench. So um, I strongly – I'm still going to be involved with junior high. I'd like to maybe start a league, and uh, and it's it's just a shame that it looks like I'm not going to be able to participate in it. Anyway, let let us know what you think at Monday Night Football. Uh, That's at MNFUTBOL on Twitter and on Facebook, and we'll get back with you. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, wishing you and your family safety and recovery. And um, and let's pray, too, that um, we have sanity with this election uh, process that we're going to be going through this week. Perfect, damn in Christ. Take care. Bye-bye.